Our guest today is Morgan Rose. He's a drummer for the band Seven Dust, one of the most influential heavy bands on the planet today. He's also my big bro, and I love him. If you want to support the podcast, please check out our sponsors in the description below. Thanks. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. If you're an artist, musician, and want to get your music up on platforms such as iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, and even social media like TikTok, Instagram stories, you know what's up. DistroKid can do that. Just sign up today and get 30% off. Head over to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Garza. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash Garza to get 30% off. Check it out. We are also brought to you by EMG Pickups. I personally use the 817 here in the bridge and the 67 in the neck. It gives me that over-the-top, heavy, exaggerated sound that I love and need in my life. Head on over to emgpickups.com and check out their wide variety of sick gear. I hope you enjoyed this chat. Please welcome Morgan Rose. Holy shit. I cannot believe my big brother, Morgan, is here. Absolutely. I can't believe it either. So you came here from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Straight here, right? Just flew in <laughs> this morning. <laughs> Dude, how's, uh, how's California for you? It's good. Surprisingly good. Because, I cool. mean, you know, California shows for us are like, you know, we're just, is it going to be cool or is it going to be this or is it going to be anybody going to come, you know? so Really? Yeah, it's always been like that. I mean, interesting. There were early in our career, it was like, let's avoid California. You know, it, it crushes your your morale. You know, and then hmm. it was weird. Like one night we played L.A. and headlining in L.A. and it was packed and they were going crazy. And I'm like, what the hell went yeah. on here? And then like another few years later, we came and it was back to this. I'm like, what, interesting. What's going on? I wonder what that is. I don't know, man. I mean. It's it's been good this run, you know. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of the people that do come out because the COVID thing is still weird, you know. It's, it's still, still it's still out there. You got people that don't want to be in the crowds, and then you got people that don't want to get a jab, you know. And oh, and yeah. then there's different rules everywhere you go, where it's either you have to have a negative test or you have to be vaccinated, and then they're yep. like not doing it, you know. And yeah, so we played. Uh, right before we got into Cali, we played like Dallas and they were saying that it was like, they were having 30 and 40% of the people that wouldn't show. So they'd buy the tickets in yeah. hopes that by the time the show got there, it'd be cool to just go. Yeah. And then the rules wouldn't change and then they wouldn't go and they wouldn't sell the tickets. So you've got a sold out show and you've got 60% of the venue filled, you know? Interesting. Super weird. Even when I saw you, you know, it was like negative test stuff in Atlanta and they yeah. were like licking doorknobs during that whole thing, <laughs> you know? I mean, like they didn't care at all. They didn't. They didn't care. Man, But yeah. they cared at the venue, you know? It's, you know, it's strange, it's, huh? It's real strange. I heard also some venues and promoters are actually overselling the venues on purpose because they're expecting the uh, drop off. That's, that's what I would expect, yeah. 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 Some people bought tickets literally two years ago. So, so that tour yeah. that, that you saw us, that's been a year and a half. It's waiting. So people yeah. bought tickets and kind of forgot. Yeah. 
strange. That was a killer show, though. Dude. And it was packed, and they were nuts, and you guys were stupid. It was You're stupid. Bad, it, was the best, <laughs> dude, it was the best show I've seen in so long. I was just like, God almighty, man. Talk about talk about the best birthday birthday day, birthday present for me. I turned 36 that day yeah. in Atlanta, Georgia. I got to meet one of my favorite drummers, Morgan. I got to meet my long-lost brother. It was, <laughs> it was super cool. I mean, it was, it was, so it was cool, like man. I walked back, and I'm like, Garza. <laughs> You know, I was like, it was cool. And then, and then that was before the show, you know? Yeah. Then you guys go up there and it's like, oh my God, dude, it was ferocious. And then you jump off a stack and- I almost died, it was fine. <laughs> it was like, what a weird birthday. It was. It's like, dude, shrink, it's wide open. I'm like, oh my God, I just met him and he's dead. <laughs> you know, it's like unbelievable. Definitely one of the best birthdays in my life. We were, we were all talking about it like the whole day, dude, Morgan's gonna come out. <laughs> Oh my God, dude, okay, I gotta, I, I, I want to, my thing is saying things publicly. Yeah, me too. And, 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 we've, and we've been that way our whole career. Like we were, we were talking about Seven Dust, Corn, Slipknot, like those, that uh, era of bands before it was cool. Like, sure. like, there, there was a time where like, if, like you couldn't wear the shirts, like, cause, sure. because we came up in like the, uh, in the IE, like hardcore scene. Yeah. So like wearing those shirts, talking about it. No, we all knew they were listening to bands, but nobody was talking about it. Yeah. It was so strange. And like, but uh, I don't know what it was, but just right, right, out, right out of the gates, we've been very public. And so uh, I mean, Morgan, you've been a huge. We've we've admired you, uh, and 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 loved your band, and you're such a big influence on on us. And it's it's an honor for you to be here, and it's an honor for actually to call you up. A friend, dude, I love you, man. It's cool, man. Yeah, I love you, man. It's crazy. It's 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 it's, <laughs> it's a trip, man. It is. Yeah, it makes it makes this whole podcast seem like really. Oh, this is why I do it because it's I get to really meet and hang out with my favorite people. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, it's I love that you're doing it. You're great at it too. Thanks, man. There's not a not everybody is, <laughs> but you are. <laughs> well, uh, I've been a very quiet person my whole life, so I kind of developed just. A listening skill i like i like to listen to people i like to ask questions and to sit back and listen yeah because you that's how it's how you learn that's great and, man. and especially when you have so many failures throughout throughout your whole career sure i, I just i have to ask questions now because all right why i i fucked this up you know yeah. how you know and uh, i know you know we probably have a lot of similarities with with that like you know we have a lot of maybe bad business choices <sighs> and like how do you just, recover from that dude so insane dude so many and the most impressive thing about you morgan and your band is the fact that after 25 years or more you still have the original lineup intact yeah it's still you it's still john uh clint Vinny, and lejean yeah that is the most impressive thing about your band and i have to ask you how did you do that i mean <sighs> The weirdest thing about it, because we talk about it a lot, you know, we do actually discuss yeah. that. And, um, you know, we love each other. That's no question. I mean, yeah, we want to beat each other up all the time, you know. Yeah. And uh, when we were, you know, when we were drinking a lot and doing drugs and, and living that lifestyle, it obviously made it more volatile. Mm -hmm. But the thing that we learned pretty quick was we've got a band full of passive aggressive dudes that really it's almost like we don't discuss things sometimes it's not 
uh, I don't advise it, but it is something that we do where it's like nothing's really that important. Nothing's really that pressing and that that big of a deal. You know, if somebody leaves their shit in the front lounge, it's like, are we going to break the band up over it? Because that's the kind of stuff that would start a brawl, you know, but you slowly, you know, you grow up, you you stop doing some of those little things because, you know, living in a, in a tube going down the road, you know, any little thing can make you like, dude, I want to strangle that guy. Absolutely. So, you know, <laughs> yep. I mean, it's like, you know, a hallway in your bedroom, you know, the lock on the door is a snap on a curtain, you know, so it's like not a lot of privacy. And um, but we just got to the point where we were like, you know what, let's just, you know, we're only going to discuss the big stuff. That's how we handled most of it. And unfortunately, a lot of other people in our lives had to pay the price for it. You know, whether it be for me, you know, a lot of times it was, you know, anybody else. You know, if I was pissed off at somebody in the band, I'm like, what the fuck are you looking at to somebody else? Because I'm like, I can't do it inside the five of us because we have to, we're going to stay together. So that was how I handled it a lot of times. Not, again, not advised. But, uh, yeah, we basically just, uh, we don't communicate and that's, we communicate, we, we get along great. We talk about all kinds of stuff, but when it comes to stuff that's like nitpicky, we just really don't communicate about it that much. We just kind of, we'll hint and kind of wait for, is that going to start something? And then (laughs) if it doesn't, you know, we're like, cool, he got the point, you know, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys don't focus on like the small, stupid stuff. Yeah. And it's gradually gotten even better. But I mean, again, it's not advised. Communication is a great thing, you know, yeah. if you can get through, you know, because hard, hard talks are not easy. I mean, it's affected me in my life. You know, it's affected me in my relationships and in, in my current one. You know, she's got it all together and she's all about let's get to it. You know, let's fix the problem. And I'm like, I don't yeah. want to talk about that shit. You know, I don't want to talk about (laughs) why I didn't ask you what you wanted to eat tonight. And I just said where we were going to eat. That's not that big of a deal, is it? You know, and she's like, well, I mean, it's kind of fucking rude, dude. You know, and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess it is. You know, so she's actually kind of helping me grow up a little bit, you know, be a little bit more of a decent human being. But yeah, if you know how it is, I mean, the the, you're married to the band. So it's like that relationship definitely affects everything else that you do and everything else that you deal with. I mean, I consider myself a pretty good person, you know, that's just a little bit flighty and and doesn't, you know, can be inconsiderate not by, you know, not consciously, but just over overlook something really easily. Yeah. And can hurt somebody's feelings and be like, dude, I, I you know, and my immediate thing is defense. You know, no, 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 dude, it wasn't that. I didn't mean to do that, you know, when it's like, but you did, you know, so just be like, yeah, fuck, dude, I'm sorry, man. You know, I I won't do that again. You know, damn, I just, I don't like guilt. I don't like feeling it. So I got to fix it. Yeah. And then you bring that into your relationship and it's the same deal. You know, the girl's like, a sorry is good, you know? And I'm like, but I think I'd rather defend it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's 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 our go go to because we're so used to being married to, to to four guys and it being the the opposite of that. Absolutely. And then when you're in a relationship, uh, <laughs> you gotta talk talk it out. Yeah, you know, and that's what it's funny. My my girl is actually doing the same thing with me, helping me grow up. 
Yeah. You got to talk things out. Yeah, and, man. And it's it's so hard with the, a conversation because when you're having a hard conversation, it feels wrong for a period of time. Could be five minutes, could be 10 minutes, could be an hour. Yeah. But once you hash it out, then that's when that feeling, oh, we we uh, we resolved the issue. Yeah. But that first, whatever, it sucks and it feels wrong. It feels like you're going to break up or it feels like you're doing something yeah, wrong. Man. But once you get past that point, oh, this is why we, this is why we had the hard com- conversations. I have abandonment issues. That's Same. it. Yeah, you know, I I think a lot of musicians do, you know. But I mean, yeah. I definitely have them, and it's like, yeah. So what you said is exactly it, man. There could be a fight and be like, this is it. It's over. Yeah, over something that's really not a big deal, you know. Not in yeah. the big, in, you know, relatively speaking, it's not the end of the world. But yeah, I'm so used to, you know, I'd been in in you know, some relationships in my life that were tough. And I'm sure that I was to blame for a lot of it, you know, because I didn't communicate. But, uh, you know, there were breakups and there were bad things that happened. And it's like, so you just kind of like, oh, very, you know, like tense going into those conversations. Yeah. For me anyway. Yeah. You ever look back at the past relationships as much as it sucks and be like, wait, that was actually my fault. This is my fault. That was, I should have, did this and it sucks but yeah, but that man. but that's what makes your current relationship better you, you look know? at a situation where it's like you know you get a a you know the monster that ends it where it's like okay you know she cheated on me or something like that and yeah. you're like that's that's your card you know you just hold that one up you know yeah. go see I she cheated on me that's the end of it you know it's yeah. her fault she did this that's it yeah it, it's no good. I mean, obviously, but it's like, and yes, you could sit there and say, you know, people shouldn't do that and, you know, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you look at it and you're like, but was I great going into that? You know, was was she happy? Obviously not. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, yeah, there's, there's through a lot of therapy and a lot of, you know, woe is me moments, you know, I, I came out realizing that I'm fucked up. <laughs> sorry, that's, that's not funny. Man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Morgan. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, man. We all do our best, man. We you know? do. We, we, we do our best. We try to do our best, dude. And uh, it's fucking tough. It's crazy how your abandonment issues just will, will, will manifest in in your band and your relationships. And it's just weird, like they, they, weird, weird ways. Could be Absolutely. small. Could be big. Yeah. But then you go, oh wait, it could be. Either when you were born or it happened when you were four, but like whatever happened, it just would just manifest in your twenties, your thirties, your four. It's fucking nuts, Dude, man. Dude, I talk about it all the time. Like I had this super strange upbringing. You know, everybody's got a story. You know, like you I'm, were all over the place. Dude, it was like I mean, I had a a father who you know was a womanizer. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. he met my mom. They were fucking kids, man. They're like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. I'm thinking about what I was doing at 18, 19. It's like I had, I still don't have anything figured out. I sure, for sure didn't have anything figured out then. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he meets her. They probably were only dating a few months, you know, and all yeah. of a sudden she's pregnant and, you know, they end up getting married. And my dad's like, I'm fucking everybody, you know, like I'm not wow. changing that. That's how, what I do. And he had a really strange circumstance. Like this is, you know, I'm old as fuck. So this is like the '60s, like late '60s, and um, he was busted in a car where he had a joint in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they arrested him, and I mean, it was a thing. So it goes on his record. So you know, he goes to get a job, and they're like, "You ever been arrested?" He's like, 
no. You know, so he gets the job. He's the best worker in the shop. Guy comes up to him. He goes, hey, man, got to let you go. He's like, for what? He goes, you lied on your application. And he's like, but what if I would have put yes? And he goes, I wouldn't have hired you. And it's like, okay. So my dad ends up getting into the world of dealing drugs. And uh, big. And uh, it was marijuana. Truckloads of it. And, uh, you know, I'm like three years old, you know, sleeping in the bed with my parents. And here comes the SWAT team in there, you know, with the guns and ready to go. And they're arresting my dad. And, you know, I'm going to see my dad on the fucking chain gang when I'm four years old. And uh, he gets out and he realizes I got to get out of New Jersey because I can't work here. I can't deal drugs here. I can't do anything. So he's like, I'm going to Florida. I got to hook up where I can deal some drugs. That's why he went to Florida. He goes to Florida and leaves me and my mom in New Jersey. Oh, he stayed there. Yeah. So, you know, my mom ends up with, you know, her boss. I'm like five years old, six years old, and she's dating her her boss. And, um, you know, she's a single mom. My dad is in Florida doing his thing. His mule is his girlfriend, who's a fucking complete maniac. And, you know, I would go and visit him, and it was a completely different world. My dad has a bunch of money, and he's a drug dealer with this fucking troll for a wife at the time that's muling for him. And, uh, you know, my mom is dating her boss who has two kids, and I'm, like, shuffled off to the side, terrified. They had me sleeping in bed with them from birth up until, you know, I don't know. I probably didn't sleep alone until she was with him, and I'm terrified. I had, dude, I had the weirdest shit in the world. I, I would not sleep by myself. I, I was panicked out, freaked out to be alone. They would be sleeping in a bedroom. My mom and her then, a boyfriend, who she ended up marrying and is still married to, but I would, like, wait for them to fall asleep. I'd be shaking in this bed, you know, at, like, seven years old, eight years old, and I'd wait for them to go to bed, and I would, like, quietly open up the door and, like, sleep at the bottom of the bed. You know, here's this guy trying to court this girl, you know, and this seven-year-old, you know, is, like, at the bottom of the bed. He's trying to fucking hit it, I'm sure. And I'm on the bottom of the bed, you know, Morgan, you know, I'm like, you know, leave the room. And then I'd wait for them to sleep. Dude, I'd be sleeping at the at the door, like, looking in the crack, like, to try to be close to them. I mean, I was traumatized. So oh same drill with my dad. I'd go down there. They'd shut the door, go fucking deal with it. So... It was a weird thing, man. I had two step parents that at the time were really brutal. Like neither one of them wanted me around. They ended up shipping me to my grandparents. So there's where the abandonment started. My parents were like trying to survive. You know, my mom is alone. She's trying to make it work with this guy. He's not that he doesn't want me around, but he wants me to be, you know, not sleeping at the fucking foot of the bed every night. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad's wife definitely didn't want me around. She was fucking crazy. So uh, that was where it started. That was the abandonment thing. And, you know, I carried that into my 40s. I mean, I carried that card into my 40s. Fuck you guys. You guys left me out and fucking handed me over to a bunch of other people who, by the way, were fucking great to me. Yeah. But my parents, you know, fucking ditched me. So my dad, ironically enough, my dad was the one that came up and he goes, God, I fucked up so bad, man. You know, like I, I blew it with you. I, I, sorry isn't enough. 
I can't do anything about it, but I love you and I always have. And, you know, that fucking woman, man, she, it was my fault. You know, I blew it and it ended it. Like for me, I had no more resentment at all. My mom took a few more years. My mom's more like me, doesn't want the guilt. Yeah. So my mom was like, I know I'm the worst mother in the world, you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah you fucking were, dude. You know, Jeez. and it was vicious, you know? I mean, my mother is the queen. She's the, she's the greatest woman in the world. But I realized through therapy and stuff, I'm like, man, she's a fucking kid. And yeah. she was scared too, you know, and didn't know what to do and thought, you know, yeah. this guy's not, he's not easing up and I'm scared and a kid and I'm alone. I don't know what to do. And she had another kid. I mean, she started fucking just shooting kids out. You know, she had three more, Whoa. you know, so it's like, but she, uh, she finally one day was just like, you know, I'm so sorry that I did that. And I was like, it wasn't even a conversation. It was just like, we're driving in the car and she goes, you know, God, I wish that I could have, I shouldn't have, I wish I could have done that different. I just blew that so bad. And I'm like, you know, where'd that come from? And it just killed it. I mean, this is probably one of the only times since then that I've even brought it up because it's just like gone, you know? Accountability is a big deal. You know, if somebody says I'm sorry and it's sincere, it's like the game's over, you know? Like, I, what can I do with that? You know, I mean, you've said it. I either say, cool, or I say, fuck you and then it's on me you know so yeah that was a cool moment i wished it would have come a little earlier you yeah, know how old, I mean, how old were you shit my mom said that it was it wasn't that long ago i mean within what? the last 10 years oh wow yeah and my dad wasn't within the last like 20 so i was in my 30s 30s and yeah. 40s yeah that is yeah, bizarre man. yeah so you carried that with you. Yeah, man. Long throughout time. childhood, to teens to twenties. Yeah, man. And thirties. And even though there's accountability and sorry, which is I mean, obviously as you just said, it's great. You still have that we still had to deal with the like the wiring issues. Holy shit, dude. You're a fucking <laughs> genius. That's the truth, man. The it worst sucks. part is that it all of a sudden it was like, Okay, I'm good, I'm cured, you know, because they said they were sorry and that's really all this child inside me wanted, you yeah. know. And then my therapist, I'm like, I don't know what the deal is, man, but I got these fucking abandonment issues and they're really heavy. Yeah. And it's fucking shit up, you know? So, and he goes, well, it's real simple. You know, you've forgiven them, but you haven't healed. You know, it's like somebody breaks your fucking arm, you know, and they say, I'm sorry. And it's like, well, I'm not mad at you anymore. You know, you finally said you're sorry for wrecking my arm, but my arm's still fucking broken, you know? Yeah. So that's like, that's when I said, oh shit, I guess I gotta go to this guy a little more. <laughs> you know, I guess yeah. I gotta get, dig in on what's going on in here because it's chaotic. Wow, has has a therapist helped you? Yeah, I mean, again, you've gotta be willing to be called out. I've got a really good one that is like, you're a fucking idiot. You know, like he, oh, it, wow. it's not one of these, you know, legs crossed you know so you know you know laying down on the tape on the bed you know, he's not that guy <laughs> oh, he's good. like so so what the fuck are you doing yeah you know like wh- you think that that's you can find a place that that decision sounds in any way like the right one you know like i mean there's things that i've done and things that i've said and arguments and 
I mean, I'll walk in there and be like, I got his ass today. I'm going to say what I did. And he's going to go, that's that's exactly how you should have handled that. You know, and I come yeah. in and I'm like, this is what I did. And he goes, yeah, it was fucking terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You know, yeah. I mean, so he's, wow. I mean, my girlfriend fucking loves him because she's he's constantly calling me out. But he's but he's intelligent. You know, he's, he's uh, definitely the best one I ever went to. Shit crazy expensive. You know, I'm like. I gotta pay Fuck. this guy to abuse me, you know. But he's he's helped me a lot. Yeah, it's great to hear. So you went to multiple people, correct? Oh yeah, I went through a lot of therapists. How many you think? Over the years, fifteen, twenty. Fifteen, twenty. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, I'd go in there and talk, and then it'd be over, and they go, "Okay, I'll see you next week." And I'm like, "Wait a minute," you know, like I can find plenty of people I can get on the phone to listen to me, you know talk shit for an hour yeah you know i don't need that i want to be called out i yeah. want to be told something that's going to help me you know totally so yeah. wow a lot of them were like that a lot of them were yeah and a lot of them i would cut off you know they'd start talking i wouldn't like what they were saying so i'd cut them off and they'd stop he doesn't do that he's like hey 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 you know stop talking you know i'm like all right you found you, you found a solid one. Yeah, man, he's the guy. Wow, well, dude, Morgan, I think that's great for people to hear that because uh, because usually, oh, it takes a lot for someone to to go through one to drop the ego. I got I got to go to a therapist, and then to keep going through that process. I've had two in my life that were maybe maybe three that were legit for me that wow. worked for me. Yeah, you know, the first one was when I was seventeen years old, and I was laying down at a buddy of mine's house uh listening to scorpion's love drive and i'm laying i mean i know it like it was where where were wow. you when kennedy was shot you know i know that first day of anxiety panic attack i know the first one damn i'll never forget it it was the worst fucking experience ever really i mean i'm laying there like nothing nothing's really bothering me i'm 17 years old whatever listening to Iron Maiden and Scorpions and Priest and yeah. laying on the on a fucking blanket on the floor at his house and all of a sudden it goes and I'm like what the fuck is this you know out of nowhere dude like I'm going to sleep and adrenaline and I'm like what the fuck I'm like holy shit and then I'm like holy shit you know that felt like I was going to have a heart attack or something and it goes away holy shit that was weird man I go lay back down within a minute again I'm like holy shit dude I'm gonna throw up you know like freaked out go to the bathroom I'm like at the toilet you know like I must be getting ready to throw up nothing happens I'm like legs are wobbly you know I'm all fucked up go back lay down lay in there I'm like now I'm wide awake you know what the fuck just happened twice in three minutes goes away five minutes later again i'm like i go back i'm fingering my throat trying to throw up nothing's coming up i'm like panicked this started happening that night and lasted for about maybe eight or nine months and it would happen so often that it would be like 30 40 of them a day like completely debilitating completely you have no life and uh so i'm like 
I'm not in a real band yet. I'm like yeah. jamming, you know, cover songs with my friend and, you know, drums and guitar, no singing, no bass player. Yeah. But I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, I think I want to play music as a for a living. You know, I want to be a musician. And I'm thinking, I can't even get through a song without this happening. And, oh. uh, dude, if I, I have to say it, I mean, it's the most craziest shit in the world, dude. I, I thought I was, thought the devil was in me. I mean, I thought I was possessed. I didn't know what it was. And back then, you know, again, I'm old as fuck. So it's like 17, you know, that's, that's a long time ago. And uh, I'm like trying to tell anybody, you know, this is what's going on. The only way I could explain it was that it felt like I had smoked weed a few times. I was terrified of everything, you know, mm -hmm. insane that I had done so many drugs after that because mm -hmm. I was like terrified of weed or anything. Yeah. So 17, I'd smoke some weed, and all of a sudden, I got the paranoia, you know, where I was like, I, I'm talking, but I don't know how it's coming out because I'm fucking high. Yeah. And that was how it felt. It felt like I'd lost my ability to, like, speak. Hmm. So I would talk when it was happening, and I'm like, I don't know how these words are even coming out because I'm not thinking of them. You know, I'm not conscious, consciously thinking about what I'm saying. That was the only way I could describe it nobody got it they were like you're fucking crazy dude i'm like i am crazy as fuck like i'm freaking out so that was the first time i started thinking about suicide was that i thought you know months and months of that happening every day you don't ever think it's gonna stop and uh my mom had me go to this shrink and i walked in there and she said a few things to me that were real simple. She said, what are you afraid of? And I'm like, I'm afraid of dying. It feels like I'm going to die. You know, it feels like I'm going to pass out. Or I'm going to have a heart attack. And uh, she goes, okay, well, you're never going to die from, from a panic attack, ever. No one's ever died from one. And I'm like, never. She goes, never. And whether it was true or not, which I think it is true, um, at 17, I was like, I can't die from it. She goes, can't die from it. I'm like, 100%. She goes, not a chance. She goes, you know, you have to fight it. You have to be angry with it. You know, almost roll your eyes when it comes. Like, oh, fuck. Here it is. You know, and that's how I treated it. And from that day, from that one meeting with that therapist, just saying something real simple, I just started fighting it off. So the panic part of it, it took about two or three months and it was gone. Then I realized I had anxiety and anxiety oh. where, you know, I mean, I have it all the time. I have it all the time where it's like I can't get a deep breath or I'm yawning and I can't get it to go. You know, like I feel like I have to yawn and right when it gets halfway there, it stops. I'm like, fuck, you know, and that kind of stuff. You know, I get that a lot, but. Uh, the panic part of it is gone. That's been gone for a long time. But she was the first decent therapist that I had. Very decent. She probably wow. saved my life. So that therapist helped you with your anxiety and not be crippling anymore? If I wasn't too afraid to do it, I definitely would have killed myself. Wow. I mean, I've thought about it all the time. I was like, how can I do it? You know, how can I do it? did not have one thought of hurting anyone else like that was not even yeah conscious i wasn't thinking about that 
I was wow. only thinking about how do I stop this, you know? It was that intense. Oh, it was the worst. Jeez. Unbelievable. When I hear people that have it, I'm like, oh, man. Oh, fuck. This is not good. Yeah. Yeah, what do you, you having that experience, what do you say to people to even help them? I mean, I say you can't die from it, you know? I say, and then I'm thinking, you know, was she even telling the truth, you know? I mean, maybe you can, you know, but... Yeah, that's what I I just tell him, you know, dude, it's 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 a it's a wiring issue up there that, you know, nothing yeah. really needs to trigger it. Everyone usually blames it on stress and stuff. I'm like, I'm telling you right now, I had zero to do with that. Yeah, it was, I'm 17, man. I had no stress. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bummer. And when you when that stuff starts creeping in on people, it's uh, I know somebody in a band that had it real bad. And really? uh, and. I won't say who it was, but they were having a really, really hard time with it and canceling shows and oh, you know, no. unable to, to perform, you know, and terrified and going to doctors every day, you what? know, because like, you know, they'd say nothing's wrong with you. They're like, you're fired. Fuck you. Next, you know, next doctor, you know, and then you go to like 10 or 11 of those guys they are like, dude, we've run it all. You know, it's all good. Give me a neurologist. Oh Something's not right up here. You know, everything's good. You know, you think it's got to be something, you know, but it's not there. Wow. Yeah. Do, do you think maybe for some people it could perhaps be in their head or maybe the way, the way they process it or think about it? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I'm definitely no expert on it, but I just know what I went through. You know, I know yeah. that it's it's the same as as most anything else i think where it's like once it starts mm -hmm. the snowball starts going yeah you know it's like uh oh something feels weird oh what is that oh shit you know before you know it you know you're in the fucking corner of the room just like fuck Jeez, you know man. when really it could be like i would do it which would be like fuck me all right well be done in a minute and it's done Oh, as simple as that sounds, I mean, it seems for you it worked. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like the the main question is what are you afraid of, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's ultimately, you know, obviously there's something that's bothering you that you're afraid of because yeah. you're panicking out. So yeah. what is it? And it's like, for me, it was I'm afraid of passing out. I think I'm going to pass out and die. You know, like, ain't going to happen. Wow. So. Well, now your drumming makes a lot of sense. <laughs> a lot of anger in there and I know. fear and all that stuff you know you i mean well your your drumming style is so the sound and and the visuals it's so distinct i don't know it, i don't know it, it, may, it makes a lot of sense now <laughs> it's cool it, it's like you found you find a way to channel it it's like it's like you're you channeled something yeah i mean Again, it's changed over the years. I mean, it used to be because I was always afraid to go on stage, not because of anxiety or anything. It was always, you know, butterflies. Yeah. Same, sure. you know, we all got them. Sure. And uh, I remember early being like, I don't even want to do this. I'm so fucking freaked out. You really? Know? I'm like, this is not fun. And then you get up there and after a song, you're like, this is the oh. greatest thing in the world, you know? And then you'd be over and you'd be on cloud nine and then it'd come to another show. You know, this is back before seven dust you know but mm -hmm. you know go to another show and for two weeks it's like oh god man i gotta go through that shit again you know i mean it was it was wild yeah and then you know then you get signed and back then in 96 you know it was like 
record deals were tough and uh you get it and you're like i don't want to fuck anything up you know and then you're afraid you know we did woodstock in 99 and i remember my manager saying this could either make your career or break it and i'm like what you know, we're getting ready to go on stage. There's like a hundred thousand people. Right out before there. we went on right stage. Before we went on, I'm dude, like, what the? Dude, what you is, don't say that right before you go on stage. It was not the right thing to say. Well, uh, to to your benefit, which actually uh, that was a month before Home dropped, and you, man, that was that was an insane show. That was a fun show. When when was the last time you saw that show? I haven't seen the show like in its entirety in years, but dude, I saw so like intense. a little piece of it you know within the last year or so somebody was playing go look how young we were dude and i'm like turn that shit off dude it's sad (laughs) it was so fucking intense it was intense man mtv had a camera that was like backstage you know and i was that was back when the intensity for me going on stage was was very high level like i mean it wasn't safe to be around me because i would just i was so jacked up that i was like I'd be exhausted after a song because I was so wound up. I'd burn everything before I went on stage. Whoa. It took me years to be like, you got to fucking calm down, dude. You know, because I was like intense. Wow. And the camera was following us around. And I'm like, get the fucking camera out of my face, dude. And I could see the guy going. He's like, like he liked it. Oh, and I'm fuck. like, this is no fucking game, bro. Like, I'm going to knock that fucking camera to the ground. Like, get it out of my face. Because we were just walking around. Yeah. You know, and I was like. I spit in the camera. I was like, get the fuck out of my... F-. I mean, I was not Dang. right, you know? I mean, getting ready to go on stage and, like, hitting my head against this concrete wall, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, and I'm like, getting ready to go on, you know, and I'm like, almost knock myself out, getting ready to go on, you know, just, like, very intense, you know? And then that, I miss it. Because it isn't like that anymore. Now I'm like, what's after show food? You know, intro is going. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll take the Mugu Guy pan. That sounds good. Oh, shit, we got to go. You know, like, damn. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, Woodstock, I mean, that is like the biggest of the biggest. It's like, it's the most like legendary, massive show of all time. Yeah, that was, that was, we were last added to that thing. Like somebody dropped off and we ended up being put in wow. a good slot, you know, like a, 6 p.m. or something like that. Jewel was playing against us on the other side of the hill, you know, Dude. so it's like no competition on that one. And uh, they had already, you know, gotten pissed off about the $12 waters and the no, oh, yeah. no toilets, so they were ready to... Um, they had already started breaking shit. So Damn. we played that Sunday. So they burned the fucking place down, like, that day while we were there. Holy the SWAT shit. team getting us out of there and everything. Really? Was, yeah, it was crazy. Do you remember like playing those songs, like lo- like, like looking out and be like, "Why wow, there's, there's a lot of fucking people out there." There was a lot of people out there, man. I mean, it was like, and it and it started to get more and more because, like I said, Jewel was playing, and no offense to Jewel, but it's just a different demo. Yeah. And most of those kids were ready to break shit, so it's like, wow. you know, she's over there, you know, yodeling, and shit's getting heavy on the other side of the, <laughs> the hill and i it's could see heavy. him man i could see him running dude like thousands of them coming over the hill wow. i was like oh we're about to fuck this place up good you know and they were throwing bottles everywhere man and some of them had piss in them and you know, it was european <laughs> style you know i was <laughs> oh, like oh shit. shit they figured that one out you know they need to get that thing to the stage <laughs> so oh, you know it God. was wild yeah i mean i know that i was so freaked out 
and then when it was over i was so relieved and it was it went so well that um there was this thing that happened where howard stern like talked about us really he said that um i think that the what he had said was something like the breakthrough artist of this year's woodstock was seven dust and wow. it's too bad that they're not going to be talked about as much because everybody wanted to burn the fucking place to the ground. So it was kind of that weird thing where it was like, man, Howard Stern talked really highly of us, but really everybody's talking about how, you know, they broke the place into pieces, you know? So, damn. Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't all lost because even as massive as, as that show was, you guys are already, the ball was already turning and the and and the buzz was already getting out of control because you guys already recorded home yeah because uh, you, you guys played woodstock it was july they came on in august yeah do you know we, more than me for sure <laughs> yeah what was the what was the writing process like for home because the <laughs> because oh you're already laughing I, can, I cannot wait oh, i cannot wait it's so because because a jump because you, you you guys created something special the music chemistry between all you guys you guys captured it which only a few bands ever do on on the first record then the jump from that to home is a pretty big jump well we toured for 21 months on the first record and it was Jeez. like almost straight you know so we did 462 shows on the first record i mean just never went home Oh and then gosh. they're like, you know, this band is is hot right now. Like yeah. the label's like, how long are you gonna need? You know, and we're like, two weeks. <laughs> I mean, literally, we were like, and we we're like, is that gonna be too much? You know, they're like, oh, okay. You know, two weeks, and then you'll wow. start writing. And we're like, yeah. They're like, okay, great. So we started writing. You know, like I said, we were all pretty much none of us were into drugs or alcohol like it wasn't that wasn't yet what we were or, or yeah no. at the time like we were just not into it you know and uh wow then you go on the road for 21 months and you know shit starts to happen yeah and uh i remember i remembered rules that we had anybody does coke in this band they're fucking fired that was a rule yeah early on and yeah. uh that changed, you know, and uh, so then it turns to, you know, two weeks off and we're like chomping to get in there and start writing again. Wow. And uh, we wrote like a handful of songs and they were all terrible. Really? Yeah. They were just like we were recording in Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, the whole idea was, you know, we want to be home. You know, we've been gone so long. We do mm. want to be home, you know, and do that. And the label got the first demos and they're like, we got to get them the fuck out of Atlanta. Really? Yeah. So they moved us up to uh, uh, Brookfield, Mass, where we did, uh, I mean, there was some killer record. I think Eye Against Eye was recorded there, and Snot's first record, or Snot's record, was Sick. recorded there. So we knew that Snot had been there, and we were very close with them, so we're like, we'll go there. And uh, it's the middle of nowhere, farm. You know, like, there's nothing there but horses. And we're like this is fucking terrible. We got to work because there's nothing else to do, you know? So we start writing songs there. I think, I mean, I don't have the best memory. John and, and Clint remember this stuff more, but I do think Home was the first song that we wrote there. Wow. So then it started So going. hard. 
yeah, then it started moving. They started coming out then. But it was it was super weird, you know. We were like locked away, so we could get some drinks and stuff there. And then, you know, we thought we we're in the middle of nowhere, and somebody goes, "You know, Boston's only like an hour or so away from here." We're like, "We know a bunch of people in Boston." Yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, then all the craziness came to the the, the country. You know, we Uh-oh. brought Boston in there. So yeah, I mean, there was plenty of stories in in that recording session. So you brought the party from Boston to. Yeah, to the small town studio. Yeah. Did you do you guys uh, write first and then party after, or was there like a mix going on? It was a mix. I mean, you know, Chino came in. We got blasted with him. He was only supposed to be there for a day, and I kept his ass there for like five or six days. <laughs> he was in no shape to be going anywhere. Wow. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it changed. I mean, writing got to be, like, after we got into, you know, animosity and stuff, I mean, some of us were not able to really sometimes even play at practice, you know? It was That's like, so bizarre. Yeah. I mean, that record took about a year to, to write and record because, you know, some of us, me included, you know, would just be like, what are we doing, you know? And, trying to play you know trying to write a song and you're just completely shot that's so that, that's so bizarre because it doesn't sound that way or feel or, or more, more importantly it doesn't feel that way yeah it wasn't consistent it wasn't like you know we were a mess or anything like that mm-hmm. and and it wasn't five guys that were off the rails by yeah. any means you know i mean i, I don't just you yeah most, <laughs> i mean i definitely had a part you know and i didn't i don't i definitely don't want to make it sound like you had five complete messes you know in this mm-hmm. band i mean that's it's never been like that um but uh so i can really only speak for myself but uh it got it it got together you know i mean there were i mean again you know we did 21 months on the first one we did 18 on the second one so it was like 38 out of 42 months we were on the road insane dude. yeah i mean it was i remember 30 seconds to mars like breaking the record for most shows on an album cycle at like 380 or something like that's fucking bullshit yeah. Like we smoked that shit. Yeah. Nobody ever argued it. I'm like, dude, they got a Guinness Book of World Record and you know, we killed it by like sixty or eighty shows, you know. It's like Oh my gosh. But um So so you guys would like you guys are in a band, you guys are in the room and were you just freestyle jamming or did someone bring in a riff or did you start playing a beat? Like what's like let's say for example, like how does a song like Denial come up? So I still to this day I don't remember who wrote the riff. I think that it started, I always thought it was John, but it doesn't really sound like a John riff. I don't know, I've never, I don't I don't even know if I've ever asked them, but somebody came in with the riff. Oh, okay. And then I think I wrote the vocals for the chorus, and then it's all a blur. Then I don't know, I mean, the vocals, the cadence of that vocal, they sound like either Clint or Lejean. So I don't know yeah. which one wrote it. But that's like, I don't ever remember anything. I mean, I, there's songs where I'll be like, you know, dude, that's such a killer verse on that song, you know? And yeah. John will be like, you know, you wrote it, dude. And I'm like, no, I didn't. You know, I definitely did not write that. He goes, oh, yeah, you did. Like, John has, like, elephant good, memory. A good, you know, he remembers, a good memory. Yeah, he remembers everything. 
So it sounds like it starts with like a riff, and then you kind of that's like the meat of of the song, and then kind of maybe these freestyle riffs after that. Yeah, I mean that would be like a perfect example would be like Waffle, like mm-hmm. Waffle. You know, Clint had written all this music, yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, the wah, 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 that yeah. thing was John. He's just freestyling, you know, wow. while Clint is playing the riff, you know. Uh, praise was us sitting in a room in Orlando and uh, we had nothing and uh, I think Clint said something like you know just play a beat man we'll see if any shit comes out and I just start playing this obviously it's a very primitive you know, nothing to it beat mm-hmm. I don't even think it was actual beat I think it was just the beginning yeah. I think it was just that and he's like I don't know another very simple the hardest to write type you know and he writes that and then you know i just played kicked into it and forever while we were going through that writing process the name of the song was shit comes out you know wow. and uh we wanted to call it that on the of record course. they're like you're not calling it that you know we're like all right yeah but yeah there's <laughs> all different back then it was all kinds of different ways now it's way more like John writes a pile of riffs. Clint writes a pile of riffs. Mm-hmm. They send them around. Yeah, we get in a room. The hardest thing for the last decade has probably been vocals because you know, it's it's not easy. I mean, I'm singing in another band and I know exactly what it's like now, and it sucks. It's like yeah. you get a pile of riffs and it's like, okay, dude, you know, write a bunch of melodies and a bunch of words. Yeah, and it's like, okay, you write the first one. It's like, man, that's pretty cool. Second one comes and it's like, man, that's pretty cool too. And then by the time you get to the third one, you're like, that kind of sounds like the first one. And then you yeah. get to the fourth one, it's like, those are the same words. It's the second one, you know. Yeah. And it's like, so then became the Lejean. We're just gonna Wall Street this thing. Everybody's taking a song and going into a room, and everybody's gonna come up with vocal ideas and yeah. melodies and different cadences and yeah. lyrics and you know. And he's all in that as well, you know? So everybody's just kind of scrambling. And we're like, fuck that. We're not doing that anymore. Like this record, I mean, we would be recording records the last few of them where all the music is recorded and we have no vocals for it. It's like, you just committed to putting a song on a record that has no fucking vocals on it. Yeah. Not even written, you know? So finally we were like, that's done. We're not doing that anymore, so. Yeah, it's crazy how your, like the songwriting process is still evolving. Yeah, you know. Yeah, or maybe something that might work for the last record won't work for the one that you're doing now. It's crazy, huh? Yeah, absolutely. It's so nuts. You and guys, Clint's like nuts, man. He plays like twelve different styles of music, you know. So he can incorporate different things that he works with other people on. He comes in, he does something like, "Whoa, dude, that's Clint." It's a riff monster, dude. He's a monster, dude. He is favorite he is guitar player level. of all time. Yeah, still my favorite of all of them. And he's in your band. He's in my band, <laughs> my best buddy. Yeah. I've I've always like I love that about my favorite bands. Where like, man, you you're like you guys get to get in the room. All oh, you get to get in the room with Clint, and Clint gets get in the room with you, and you guys could present something to Lejean, and then you know John's gonna come in and like play a riff. Like yeah. that's just like so cool to me. Yeah, man. It's I mean it's it it's a blessing and a curse, you know. Of course, because you go and you do other stuff, and it's like, yeah, fuck. Like I did that solo record, and I'm like. You How know, was that? It was cool. It, it definitely, um, you know, he, Clint was the one that told me to do it. 
You know? Oh, that's awesome. And then that five songs, right? Yeah. yeah, and then he was the one that I said, well, okay, cool, we'll send some riffs. <laughs> you know? I was like, I'll play drums on it and sing on it, but I ain't fucking yeah. writing this. I don't. I can noodle around, but I'm not going to put that out there. And then I had three or four guys that I was thinking about using, and then I'm like, I got the guy, though, in my band, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, me and him are just, it's too much, you know? Like, I mean, basically, I told him, I'm the drummer in your solo band now. Like, you you had your fun. I wanted you to do it alone. You did. Now I'm in. And he's, <laughs> and he's like, okay. You know, and then I'm like, I'm going to do this solo thing. You're the guitar player in it. All right. You know, so, I mean, we can't really. Yeah. It's hard, you know, because, I mean, like, Wolfie played drums on Clint's record, and he slays. Yeah. So that's, and Ryan went out and did a tour with him, and Ryan's a good drummer, so that was all good i was like that's yeah. all really good man but wolfie's got mammoth now so he's gone and yeah. ryan's doing tremani and that's cool uh, i'm the i'm the drummer now yeah you know so so dope. D- it's debo's bike yeah it's debo's bike now yeah it's hard for you guys just like to separate and uh i i definitely can relate to that because they're like they're a part of your soul it's like yeah. a, it's like a part of your sound so we we, we lack like, like a big part of that you try to do like your your own thing you notice yeah. oh shit like I don't sound the same. I, I don't like feel like that, yeah. that that thing that you're trying to do for like for like your solo stuff. I tell you, a perfect scenario would be if everybody just could do something different. Like if everybody played a different instrument in the band, we'd probably just keep putting records out with somebody else singing them and somebody <laughs> else playing a different instrument. You yeah. know, I mean, because they're the guys I want to play with. Wow. I mean, I'm doing another thing now where I'm singing in it. Um, with uh, Barry from Three Days Grace is playing guitar, and Sean from Breaking Ben is playing drums, and uh, Jason Christopher came in and, and uh, he's playing bass, and it's like all these guys, and Jose from uh, from Three Years Hollow, and Justin from Allborn. So all these guys got together. The whole thing was really just more of a songwriting unit. We were like, we'll write songs and we'll sell them. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not gonna be fronting no band. You know, I play the drums. So that was the idea, and then we wrote a few songs, and Barry's like, uh, we ain't giving these songs away. I'm like, yeah, and he goes, we're gonna keep this, this is a band now. I'm like, really, you want me to be the singer of this? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, I'm the front man. He goes, yeah, cause you're fucking crazy, so you need to be up front with that. <laughs> and I'm like, it. so that's wow. things happening now. I'll wow. let you hear some of it. It's, Dude, dope. it's super weird. I like it's weird. It's weird that I'm singing, you know, so. Well, but you've been singing for 25 years, man. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird for me that I'm, yeah. that I'm doing it. But but, but now you're more. It's more like uh, more in, in the front. Yeah. Right. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. The whole whole different thing. Yeah, I'm terrified of it. It's good. More it's anxiety. Good. It's good. <laughs> it never ends. The anxiety never, never ends. Dude, when did the headset come into play? It's genius. It's the worst. I hate it. It was only there because I used to have a boom, you know, and I'd be barking out you know yeah parts and like wow you know why don't you do this here you know blah, blah, blah. and i'm like that's a pain in the ass i'm like you know this is a pain in the ass i'm just gonna get that thing and i can mouth the parts i yeah. can sing those parts you know yeah and then god be like yeah man that's cool and they go why don't you just sing it and i'm like i'm no singer man i'm just like singing ideas yeah it's like no man i don't want to sing that you sing it and it started like that and then it turned into a voice you know like a distinctive 
voice, a part of, of, of the sound, a massive part of the sound. God, I wish it wouldn't have happened, man. <laughs> I, mean, I wish it wouldn't have happened. I mean, there's way too many people about the, you know, you want fries with that, you know, and I'm like, God damn, Britney Spears. I'm like, oh, fuck. No, man, it, it, it has to be. Dude, you are a freak. Like, I mean, because you're doing five separate things. You're, you're, you're singing, you're... I I can't play drums. I could play like fucking one two beat. So I can't do that, that stuff that's you're doing. A freak, oh my god, that's some freak shit, dude. It only gets weird when we track those vocals late. That's the only time it can ever get weird. Is that yeah. you know we'll do the music and then we'll do the vocals and I wouldn't have written them together. Yeah, and then it's time to do. It. I'm like, yeah, man, let's do that one. And I'm playing. I'm like, burp, burp. And I'm like, oh shit, that's a that polyrhythm's fucking me up. Yeah, you know, like how do I do that? Like, hold on a minute, you know, and then I have to like get it together. So it takes you a bit to like practice and yeah. get like get like the rhythm down. Yeah, some of those. So even like even if you struggle with the uh, complicated rhythm, you can still kind of oh, I mean, play a little bit more, then kind of gets yeah. synced in. Yeah, dude, that's freaky. <laughs> man, you're a freak. I, lo- so I, I, I fucking love you, man. I love you. Dude. <laughs> I love you, dude. I mean, for I want to get back to your longevity, like. So, so you talk about uh, you're not, you know, you guys don't get caught up in like the small stuff, mm-hmm. maybe not even like the big stuff. You, you kind of, you, yeah. you, you just found your own dynamic within each, each member. Yeah. Like what were like, uh, obviously uh, Clint left for a little bit. Yeah. And what, like, what were some really hard times and lows for, for the, for, for the band? Well, that was definitely like, that was super tough. And I could smell it. It was just really? like a marriage, you know? It's the same deal wow. where you can smell, man, I think my wife's fucking me over. Like, I can feel it. She's not oh, looking shit. at me the same, you know? And it was like, Clint was doing Dark New Day. And yeah. it was the whole thing. It was it was a cheating feeling where it was like, I'm not in the band, I'm just writing with them. Mm. You know? And uh, I could smell it. And I heard it and I was like, that shit sounds pretty good. And I'm like, oh boy. And we were, we were in a strange place. You know, we'd put out seasons that did well, but the label was starting to lose, like, I don't know if we would call it interest, but they definitely weren't, uh, they weren't believing in us as much. Really? And we didn't want to be there anyway. We wanted to get the fuck away from there as fast as possible. And uh, that's that's business stuff, you know. Like they they worked us real nice. Wow. But um, I think that he was in that position too. I think he was sitting there going, "This is a fucking bad spot, man. Like these people have us hooked for a long time. We're never gonna get out. We don't want to be here. I've got this other thing over here with my brother, and I've got a manager there that's managing Disturbed." And because uh, that's who was managing Dark New Day. And, uh, you know, they've got big labels coming at them. So the grass was green as fuck over there. Yeah. And it was, you know, we're not looking good on our end. So it was weird, really weird. Um, we hired a lawyer to get us out of the deal. And he was the biggest lawyer in the business. Cost us anything that we had. And we fired our management. We fired everybody. We got, you know, some fucking clown to manage us because we never thought we were going to get out of the deal. So we really looked at it like we were only going to make our money on the road. 
and we need to find a way to maximize that place. So we hired a manager that was basically a promoter at the time, and we had done shows for him. Seemed mm-hmm. like a nice enough guy. Fucking crook. Uh, worst of all of them, actually. But, um, and through the, the Jesus line out there, more than Uh-oh. an evangelist. You know, so it was always like, you know, this guy's down with the Jesus, man. Like, he's not going to fuck us. Yeah. He was fucking horrible. So, anyway, we get out of the deal over a complete technicality, like the stupidest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Somebody didn't send us a written option, like the dumbest thing in the world. All they needed to do was sign a piece of paper and we'd have been locked again. They didn't sign it. Then we found out they actually hadn't signed one since the first record, so we really could have been free after the first record, which we all would have been millionaires wow. immediately. But uh, but yeah, we did get out. So we get out, and I'm like, Clint, we got out of the deal. And he's like, I'm out of your fucking band. You know, like, he left on my birthday. Oh, my god! Yeah, man, we were on the road when he left. And uh, I had the flu. So I remember, like, it was not good. You know, that was definitely really bad. That that six to eight month period was probably the most fucked up period in the band's career because he left. I was going through a divorce. There was serious shit going on with my ex-wife and my child. And I took full custody of my kid. So now I've got no record deal. My guitar player is gone. My divorce is happening. My daughter is completely fucking traumatized. She's six years old. I don't know what to do. I've got no money. And um, I finished up the next record. We had Sonny come in. We did that record. And uh, we lived in this house, man, that was infested with fleas. So, like, my whole body was just covered in, like, you know, looked like a fucking strawberry. And I was like, this is what has happened to the fucking Seven Dust, man. Like, this is the end. You know, this is terrible. And I'm like, I'm just, I was in Orlando. We get done with the record. I'm like, this is so fucked up. I'm going to go to my dad's and just hang out for a few days. He lived in Tampa. I go to my dad's. I'm there for like two days. I should be at home. I got a six-year-old at the home that's gone through a fucking horrible situation. You know, I need to be home. But I'm like, I'm not good. I need to go and decompress for a minute and go home after. I go to my dad's, it's March Madness basketball is going on. Georgia Tech's in the fucking Final Four. I'm watching it. I hadn't done drugs in a long time. Uh, and I go up to my brother and I'm like, you know where to get some shit? And he goes, man, you're crazy. You wanna do that shit? And I'm like, I don't think I do, man. But I'm a little drunk and I think maybe that, I think I want maybe maybe I do want a little bit of that cocaine, <laughs> you know, Dewey Cox in it. <laughs> you know, you don't want none of this oh shit, Dewey. You know, and I'm like maybe I do want some of that cocaine. And he's like, I. Then he walks away, and yeah. I'm not even thinking about it. And I'm drinking some beers, and uh, he comes back a few minutes later, and he's like, "Go in my room, look at the on the speaker." And I go in there, and there's a few little rocks, and I'm like, it hits me right away. I'm like, man what is wrong with you dude like you got a daughter at the house she's not in a good place you're fucking looking at cocaine like you're gonna do this shit right now and i'm like i put it in a dollar bill i fold it up and i'm like you better think about this because this is like 
it's not that I was a coke addict or anything, but it just seemed super fucking insensitive to my children, to my child. Yeah. You know, like, what a fucking loser. You know, like, why would you do... You shouldn't even be here, dude. You should be in Atlanta. You know, and I'm like, this isn't decompressing. So I take it and I throw it in this suitcase. And I don't even fuck with it. And I'm like, we need some more beer. My brother's like, let's go to the store. I go to the store and I get the beer. I come back, we shut the garage. My dad's loaded. We go into my dad's house. I'm sitting in there. Five minutes later, a fucking air grenade goes off at the front door, blows the fucking door in. And all of a sudden, I hear pop, 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 pop on the door leading to the kitchen. And I'm thinking, we just came in and shut the garage. Who the fuck is in the garage? And my dad goes running. My brother goes running. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this house right now? And 45 SWAT dudes come in. Machine guns, all I see is fucking eyes. And I'm like, holy shit, get out of fucking ground, get out of fucking ground. I'm like, no problem, you know. He's got a pit bull there. The fucking pit bull is going all over the room. Two machine guns to my head. And I'm on my face going, I think I'm. it's home invasion at first. And I'm like, there's way too many of them. Because my dad had a home invasion a few months before that. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is going on in here right now? And it's so fast, dude. I mean, all I'm thinking is there's a pit bull that's a big motherfucker and he's not happy. And there's machine guns everywhere. And there's two of them that are just, I mean, they're not soft. Bang to my head, you know. And I'm like, all it takes is just a trigger and that's it. I'm gone. And I'm like, it's all going fast, you know. Like, I don't know what's mm-hmm. happening. I had no idea what was going on. And uh, they get me up and they put me in a chair and zip tie me to a fucking chair polaroid and i'm like this is definitely swat you know i know some of these guys i know this whole routine and they're calling out you know rooms and codes and all this shit my brother comes in zip tie him my brother's yelling shit my younger brother i'm like what the fuck and he's like motherfucker and i'm like what is fucking going on here dude like i'm freaking the fuck out my dad comes in there last. They zip tie his ass. So it's me, Viggy, my drum tech was there. Him, me, my brother, my dad in this house. You know, machine guns. Fucking everybody's like this. You know, I'm like, fuck. And these three plainclothes people walk in. One really big dude, one really scrawny dude, and this woman. Older woman. And she walks in. And she goes, oh, we got a party going on here. We got rock stars. And I'm like, she don't know my fucking band. There's no way. So it hits me right away. I'm like, somebody told them I was here. You know, and first when she said rock stars, I'm like, is it me? You know, like, what did I do? You know, and I look over at my dad. And I'm like, dad, what the fuck is going on? And he just goes, it's real bad and I'm like this is drugs no question it's drugs again I was fucking four three or four years old when it happened and now I'm fucking 34 and it's happening again and I'm like I can't fucking believe this shit I'm sitting there I'm like this is bad and this fucking scrawny dude walks up and he goes to my dad I won't say his name but he goes 
dad goes, yep. And he goes, today is your day of reckoning. And I was like, that's deep. I'm like, that's fucking dark, dude. Like, you've been waiting to say that shit all day. And it was what I expected. They had an informant that came over, talked to my dad, found out there was drugs in the house, went back. They had fucking place on surveillance. I just happened to be there. They come out, and they got fucking... They look like baseball bases on a baseball field, just dumping these blue things on top of each other. And I'm like, I still don't know what it is. You know, I'm like, what is that? And they cut it open, put it in a little thing, shake it, thumb up. I'm like, I saw that shit on CSI, man. That's a lot of cocaine. Oh, my God. And I'm like, and then I see him looking around the house. And then I see him come out of that fucking room that I'm in. And they come out and they got that fucking dollar bill. And they go, who's in that room? And I said, me. And they go, he's going. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, I didn't even do the shit. <laughs> you know? They're like, oh, fuck, yeah, you did. I'm like, no, I didn't. You can test me. They're like, doesn't matter. It's in your bag. It's in that room. You're going to fucking jail with your dad. So now I'm going to jail with my dad. And I'm like, this is the worst day of my fucking life. You know? Wow. Yep. Went in there, locked my ass up, came out. They wanted to give me like all kinds of like hardcore probation, you know, where I'd never been arrested for anything, you know. So it's like, you know, come on, the guy's not a kid and he's never done anything wrong. He's a musician, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, DA was this woman that was a fucking diesel, man. She wanted to make a point. Yeah. She's like, we'll give him a year of hard shit. I'm like, hard what is hard they're like blood test this and you know random urine this and you got to show up within 12 or 24 hours and all this impossible shit to do if you're a touring musician yeah you know i'm like i don't fucking live here but like well you know tough shit and i'm like so i'm like talking to my lawyer i'm like i'll do some time you know let me just go to jail do some time and avoid all this you know, as long as I'll do the time to avoid any probation. I don't want any probation. And so there, I, we thought I was going to go to jail for like, you know, four months, something like that. And I'm like, this is so dumb, man. I can't fucking believe this is happening, you know. Meanwhile, I'm going through a fucking divorce. That works real good, right? You know, let's go up and talk to the judge. I think I'd be a good parent. He's going to jail for fucking drugs. You know, so I'm like, I got to get this shit out of here. You know, and uh, I'll land the plane here, but um, I go to court thinking I'm going to go to jail, cut a deal and go to jail for a few months. And my dad's lawyer walks in and he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I think I'm going to jail today. And he's like, for what? For some fucking little shake? And my I mean, my dad is a fucking gangster, you know, it's like, yeah. so this guy was like Capone's lawyer. He's like, you ain't going to jail for shit. And I'd known this guy since I was a kid. You know, really? He'd been my dad's lawyer forever. So he's like, who's the fucking lawyer? And he's sitting right next to me. He goes, come here for a minute. So he fucking breaks that dude down. They go over and talk to the DA, and I'm sitting there looking at him. They're in the courtroom. She's, you know, holding court, you know. And uh, he goes over, and I see her demeanor change quick when she saw him. She's like, quick. And I couldn't see what he was saying. He was looking that way. She was looking towards me. And I'm looking. And then he kind of jockeys around. And he said something. And she's like, fuck you. And I said, she just said, fuck you to my dad's lawyer. 
And then she shakes her head, looks at the other lawyers that she's talking to, and she goes, court costs. And I went, I don't know what that meant, but I think that's good. <laughs> I think that's good. I'm like, I think that's good. Unbelievable. And he says, Morgan, come here. Walks me out in the lobby, and he goes, you got like 160 bucks? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I got $160. And he what? Goes, go downstairs, you're going to pay the court cost. And I'm like, what's the deal? He goes, we'll go up, talk to the judge. You know, you're going to one-on-one with him. You just say, I understand. Stay out of trouble. I'm like, what am I doing? What the fuck just happened? And basically what it was was my my thing was a state case and my dad's shit was federal and they had an informant and they don't have to give up the informant in state, but they do, or they don't have to give the, up the informant in federal, but they do in state. And my dad's lawyer said, you take that fucking kid who's busted his ass his whole life to, to do something with his life and try to lock him up for some shit when in, you're dealing with this over here, you're trying to make a point out of a kid that's never done anything wrong, you know, that, you know, this is fucking crazy. And she's like, fuck you. And he said, we're going to go to court with the kid and we're going to find out who your informant is and we're going to bury his ass and then the big boy's going to walk. So basically, she said, fuck that. So then they locked my dad up. For, Unbelievable. For five. Wow. So that was, you want to talk about a downtime in the band? That, that was is a downtime. A, that's a low. Yeah. Wow. How do you get out of something like that? I was a mess, man. I was a complete mess at that point. I mean, I basically gave all of my money that I had in the house and everything I had to the ex mm-hmm. to get the kid because now I had a drug charge. If I hadn't had that, I could have said, your ass is done. Fuck you. Yeah. And I'm taking the kid and the fucking house. But instead, it was like, we're going to fight you now. And I'm like, God damn, man, another great decision, you know, leads to this shit. So, yeah, I was like, okay, I guess that uh, I'll give you everything. And then there was like a chunk of credit card debt. So I like walked out of there like 20-something, $30,000 in debt with no money no tour, no guitar player, no record, you know, out and moved into my mom's house into this little spare room and had a little twin bed. And I laid with my six year old and was totally cool with that. At age 30 30 something, 34. Yeah. At least mid mid thirties. Yeah. And to, to the outsider that people don't know you only know you for being a drummer of seven dust to us. It's like, Oh, he, he made it. He's, he's, he's doing great. And we have yeah. no idea what's going on in your personal life yeah. with you going through all that. How do you, how do you refocus and then come back from that with, with, with your band? I mean, they were, I don't even fucking remember to be honest with you how they felt. I think they were relieved that I, you know, was, it wasn't going to be a big, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. But I think a little disappointed, probably. Yeah. Uh, it was like, we got to fucking figure it out. You know, we got to figure it out without Clint on top of it. And dude, I'll say it, the, it wasn't the best business move that we did, but I will say that somehow or another, very quickly, people started to show up again. Like, it was real weird. It was Alpha that they really started to show up. Really? 
yeah like next was kind of like i think people going they're done you know like clint's gone they're done yeah and uh we had a pretty decent showing on that record and uh and then alpha came and when alpha came it was like i mean dude it was some weird moments in that like again there were people that were running the show that uh weren't morally doing the right thing but they mm-hmm. had plans and they were able to make a lot of money and the perception was very big i mean we had a fucking truck and two buses and carrying our own stage and playing hockey arenas and selling fucking grip of tickets and remember them dumping hefty bags of money out in dressing rooms and me going motherfucker i'm rich and then realize and then realizing that none of that money was coming to me you know? i mean i was like fucking, hey, let's oh, what, a, fucking party, what a sick you know? joke oh dude it was brutal that's brutal. sick nothing to see here i'm like nothing to see it's my fucking money isn't it you know they're like yeah 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 we'll tally it all up later lock the door <laughs> wow so you guys experienced obviously with the uh with the height of of your first few records you're i mean you're going up and then you so you experience a low uh low low with the fan base and then you you notice it come back yeah i mean it was like there was loyalty there it didn't go like it wasn't like a crash you know it i think the band kind of always like went up from zero yeah and then we got to a certain place corn and disturbed and gosmack being here i always look at us like we're here somewhere you know, but it's like whatever it was, it just always kind of did that. And you know, yeah. when you're in a plane and you go, Ooh, and you go, oh shit, oh, I hate you know? that feeling. You know, that's <laughs> like that, that's our career in a nutshell. It's just kind of like cruise, and then occasionally, yeah. you know, fasten up. You know, we're gonna hit some rough air, and then you get a little drop, and yeah, you know, and then occasionally, you know, it goes up, Boom. and we're gonna avoid that that turbulence, and we're gonna go up a little. So I mean, we've always stayed in that lane. You know, the wow. loyalty is fucking insane. You know, yeah. the loyalty for this band is it started from early because our whole thing was they're the boss. Yeah. Period. You know, without yeah. the people, we ain't shit. So yeah. once they realized we were serious about that, they were like, that's our band. Wow. So the, that small but mighty group of Seven Dust people, you know, I can't call them fans. I, it makes me feel weird. You know, Same. I'm like, uh, there's got to be like a different word. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, family is an easy one, but it's, you know, sometimes it gets, it's like, you know, we are family, you know, we are mm-hmm. doing this together. I talked about it. We will stop, you know, this will not go on forever. I mean, we will decide and it will be sooner probably than people think. But um, when it does, it'll be real sad. You know, I don't talk about it a lot because it fucks me up. But it'll be yeah. like, you know, you see people on the road and you might not go to dinner with them every week. You might not call them every month, but I've known yeah. them for 20 plus years. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, that's going to be over. Other than the occasional social media post, you know, that you can answer back and forth to. Yeah. Because there's so many of them, you know. There's a handful, yeah. a big handful that we've become very close with, like on a personal level. Yeah. That, uh, you know, we'll be with them for the duration of, you know, time on this planet. But there's a large number, man, that will be like, I won't see you ever again. Thousands. Thousands. Thousands, dude. That I know names and faces, you know. I'm like, man, fuck. It's going to be weird. 
It'll be sad. Well, Morgan, I think I think you're going to go on longer than you think. It's the body and it's the kids, you know. How, it's like How how are you feeling? I mean, I don't feel the worst. I don't feel awesome. I mm-hmm. mean, it's definitely me and my girlfriend were watching something on TV and, you know, some football player was getting out of bed in his 40s and he's, oh, God. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, that's, that's me every day, right? Every day. Every day I get up and it's that noise. Every day when I go to try to put, I mean, I wear these slip-ons because I can't get down to tie my shoes anymore. You Fuck, know? man. It's like I got three bone spurs in my neck. I got two of them down low. I got a broken fucking finger now. I got a separated AC joint, partially torn labrum and rotator cuff. That you can't fix because you're always going on tour. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, and it just gets more and more, you know, as you get older, it's like just like collecting damage. Collecting damage. Jeez. Yeah. That's so true, man. Yeah. You're just, you're just. Collecting no time damage. to rehabilitate. There, there's, there's not. Your ass is in for it. You're still a young sprout. I know. The way you treat that body, goddamn, <laughs> I love you so much, man. I'm like, it's like my mother when she sees me. She goes, you know, now I'm looking at you, and I'm like, somebody goes, dude, you see Garza? It's on like, you know, YouTube or something. The other night, I'm like, I don't want to fucking see it, dude. Like, I don't want to see my baby boy getting <laughs> fucked up. You know, I can't watch anymore. You know, it's oh, fucking because it's like I know, I know what's happening. It's it's like accumulated damage. You know, that's just it's rough. I mean, even it the guys rough. that are like. I mean, Clint is a fucking beast. You know, he's in the gym every day. He's running 500 miles. John's running 5 million miles. miles, You know, I mean, these guys are in shape, man. Big time. And injuries, man. They're all over him. Dude. Clint especially. I mean, Clint's like, he's constantly, he's got a fucked up shoulder. He's like, nothing I can do about it. Nothing. You know, until it's done. I mean, and it's just going to get worse. So the wow. thing that we don't want to do is we don't want to go out there and have the people go, damn man, that sucks. You don't you don't want you don't want to cross that 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 line, right? And you know, like it, the pain level that you can play through is cool mm-hmm. right up until it's not, you know. And that's one mm-hmm. side of it, you know. And then the other side is like, you know, the kids, you know, we've missed so much of everything, and uh, you know the guilt that comes with that is just outrageous. I mean, you literally have to like compartmentalize it or else it'll fucking kill you, you know? So you basically are like, this is what I do to make a living. I'm justifying the fact that everything that you need is taken care of because I do this for a living. I do this for a living. I do this for a living. You just, you just constantly this mantra of like, this is justified, you know? And then we've made adjustments where it's like we won't do more than three weeks anymore at a time. Yeah, yeah we just won't do very it. Very Because we would do a million months, you know, and mm-hmm. do. I mean, I remember us doing like fifteen weeks straight. You know, it's like, come on, no dude. way, dude. Kids like this fucking old. You get back, he's fucking smoking. Jeez. You know, so those things changed. They helped, and then yeah. you realize, you know, you're missing the games. You're missing school. You know, you're missing these kids growing up, and it's like, man. I don't feel that this is going to work out. I feel yeah. like this is going to be a cat's in the cradle situation and that's going to fuck me up. You know, I need my kids to be, I'm lucky that, 
you know, my kids are, you know, they're, they love me. They're great, you know, and uh, I don't deserve it. You know, I've put them through a lot. That's <laughs> well, fucking heavy shit, dude. That's heavy, dude. Yeah, it gets me. Well, Morgan, I'm, I'm sure that they love you very much, man. Yeah, they're great. I'm sure. I'm sure they. Fucking, let's get away from the kids, man. I'm, Fuck me up. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they see you collecting damage. Yeah, they do. They do. Definitely. Well, do you, on a high note, I, I was trying to tell you earlier. I just saw quite a few. I mean, today's gonna be one of them. I saw a, a few of my favorite bands this past month. I saw Corn last month play here in LA. Yeah. They're obviously in, in their fifties, slamming. Yeah. Uh, three days ago, I saw Cannibal Corpse. George is the most legendary, best definitely singer of all time yeah. he's 52 he looked we, we, we were talking we, we've been talking about the whole week yeah like he looked better than ever yeah and it's like it's it's possible it's possible man i mean i'm not counting anything out i need to get the fucking kids out on the road with me everybody Dude, you should, does. Man, we why need not? like fucking six buses because it's like isn't that craziness. isn't that the dream man it is the dream yeah i mean i think we'll probably end up doing a lot of that whenever we decide because one thing we wanted to make really clear to each other was it was like let's make a decision to do something before the, the decisions made for us you know yeah so it's like again the farewell thing whenever that does happen will be that it will be a goodbye you know we will mm -hmm. say it and it'll be because you know the people have been so perfect to us you know that it's like that'd be fucked up man to be like oh by the way we ain't doing it anymore you know, it's like mm -hmm. we want to be able to say a proper goodbye. So whenever that happens, you know, we'll probably Fuck. load up and do it heavy. One last rip. One last rip. Yeah. Simon Dust is so heavy, dude. You guys are a heavy <laughs> band. <laughs> I love when guys like you say that. I'm like, you guys what? are you guys heavy. are like you guys have like body dysmorphia, music dysmorphia. <laughs> no, it's like man. you're the heaviest man I've ever heard in my life, you know, and you're like, seven us is so heavy. I'm like, Dude. Jesus Christ, man. You're like the guy in the mirror that's got muscles out the ear. <laughs> you're like, I'm skinny as fuck. You know? Oh man. No, you guys you guys are fucking heavy, dude. And and we and we look at bands like you guys as like uh inspiration and keep going and inspiration keep writing the best music that you can throughout throughout your, your entire career, you know. I think the next one will be really good. I, yeah. I do believe it. I don't think you'll get any of us saying this is the heaviest record we ever did or the best record we ever did. I think we've used those. Yeah. You know, you always, we, it's yeah, your baby, always, you know? Yeah. So it's like, this is my, this is the best looking baby. Ever <laughs> you know, you, know, you yeah. want to believe it. Yeah, and it's do. like, and I am proud of all those records for one reason or another, mm -hmm. you know, even ones that I'm not really that big of a fan of anymore. I'm looking at, I'm like, but that's, that's cool that we were able to do that. Cause I mean, there were times where it's like, dude, that that shouldn't even be there. You know, that record yeah. shouldn't even be what it is. But uh, I do believe that this one will be strong. It's a good word. Yeah, yeah. I, be, I believe it will be. There's wow. some shit already being written that's wild sounding. So it's really, like, yeah. Damn, it's yeah. sick. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear it. I'm gonna let you hear some when we shut the. Oh my the gosh. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember, uh, dude? When you, I got, I got, I got to tell you again. Uh, I was listening to your first record, and I go in the car and, and I look at my phone, and I see your name pop up. I'm like, this is real life. It was one of those moments <laughs> in your car. I'm like, this is my life. I'm so fucking thankful 
to be in my body yeah, and experience too, dude. this, dude. dude. This is so fucking it's cool. It's the same. I, man, I'll be honest with you. I don't love doing this this shit, but I definitely was wanting to do this. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's crazy, man. Yeah. Wow. Because I don't fucking stop talking, man. So there's yeah. going to be shit I'm going to get all kinds of flack for. <laughs> like, yeah. I just told everybody in the world about my dad and my mom and fucking... We're Me and my drug problem is all kinds of shit. We are we are in it together, man. Yeah, man. You'll you'll you'll, you'll get flack for it, and I'll get flack for it, and and absolutely. But but the the important thing is having a great conversation that people will hear and learn. All it means that because we're just talking like how people listen to podcasts. It yeah. could be they're either in the car, they're sure. walking, they're in the gym, or they're at a party. It's on a TV and shit. Like it's it's very similar to music. Yeah, people just like it. Yeah, and that that's what's all about. It's about Again, I don't, uh, the word fans, it's gotta be in the word, but it's so cool that people listen to it and watch it. And that's, yeah. it's, it's, it's about their, their thing with what they're listening to and watching, you know? Yeah, I mean, my thing about it is that guy is that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, the dude that jumps off the fucking stacks and smashes himself up, <laughs> that's that guy. <laughs> and then this is this guy, you know? Yeah. And they're the same, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's really, more of a I mean me and you have a lot more in common than probably you or anybody else thinks I mean Mm -hmm. I am an introvert really and I talk a lot because I'm nervous yeah you know so alcohol fixed that that made it a lot easier you know then all of a sudden I'm like fuck yeah dude you know and then I'm a fucking you know no problem yeah but (laughs) that whole thing you know of that person that's up there that's doing that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm and behaving that way yeah. is really who I am. It's more, that's, you know, more real than anything. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, getting the personal side, kind of the the backstory of why that person does that yeah. is really why this is cool. It's so cool, man. Yeah. And it's, it's so mind-blowing that I'm the one asking the questions. It do, It doesn't seem real. I love you and, so and, fucking much, dude. It's ha- I'm, I love you. You have no idea how much I listen to your fucking band, dude. I was listening to, again, uh, one one of your records in the gym. And you know when you listen to, okay, it's, it's, it's old school now, but when you listen to your record, an album front to back, from track yeah. one, and then you, you let it go. When it's a great record that you love, around like track six, track seven, you, start, you almost want, want to start crying. Yeah. I was jamming animosity and like the, uh, track six comes on I'm like I'm just like in the gym like oh dude I gotta hold back some tears right now man yeah it's, it, it, it just awakens something in you I don't know what it is yeah but but the bands that do that to you it just lasts forever yeah and it's weird that uh the older you get the more you connect to the bands that that you love and that's been so like shocking to me like I love I remember being so young in our teens like I love these bands I like, get older I'm, I'm 36 loving seven yeah. dust more than i did when i was you know not night 19 and buying and buying the fucking record yeah it's so it's so bizarre it is wild man it's there's so an weird. appreciation that comes with longevity i think and, yeah. and perseverance you guys oh. <laughs> yeah you know i mean that's a lot that's it's, as much as you can take worst. yeah you know that to me is there's there's something about that when i look at something like that and mm-hmm. i'm like these dudes are they've been through it they've been through the heavy the the worst the worst you know so there's something you know there's there's for me you know somebody that wants to like hold somebody i'm like yeah i'm proud of you dude 
Thanks, Morgan. Yeah, big time. I want to say one more thing, and then and then we'll wrap it up. It's one thirty. We're actually on time early. I want because I want to get you back for sound checks. I yeah. want to selfishly. I want the best show possible. So I know you need to get the fucking <laughs> wedges going. So okay, yeah. so I'll make sure you get, get there on time. The opportunity is not missed, but home needs to be on vinyl. And it's I was, coming. I, I'm speak. Is it? Yeah, yeah. All those are coming. Oh, the first dude. Four. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, they're coming. Dang, yeah. that's they sick. can't find the fucking artwork. What? They can They the label that put those records out went yeah. bankrupt. Oh my gosh, that's the fucking, I love it. And they can't find the fucking artwork. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, man. That's it. That's insane. It's a trip. I'm like, how do you lose the artwork? I don't know, man. I mean, what the? F- yeah. Wow. So yeah, I didn't know that. Yep. So th- they're they're working on it. Dude, that's it, so it, sick. It'll happen. Yeah. And uh, one last thing connected to that merch. Yeah. Put the fucking album cover on a black shirt so I could buy it. <laughs> That's all you gotta do. The home record. Just put the apps. Just put the cover on a black just, shirt. Yeah. That's, I, that's all I want, dude. I think it's gotta happen. Yeah. It's gotta happen. Yeah. Jeez. They're vintage now, baby. We're old as fuck. It's like. <laughs> Can I, oh, dude? Um, I, I, I was gonna sign it to my eBay, but I've been eyeing this a bootleg for about two years. Yeah. It's been like. 130 bucks. What is it? It's the home. Is that it's, it's, it's a cover of home, but it's like 130 bucks. And I'm just waiting for you guys to drop, like, for you to be like, oh, here's new merch line on, on, right. on your, on your IG page. I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'll deal with it. Because I don't, don't want to pay 130 bucks for you're a not gonna, shirt. You're not going to pay anything. Thank I'll you. work on it. I'll Please. deal with it today. Please. Awesome. I will. Well, Morgan, uh, it was an honor for you to be here. I, I love you. It. I love I love your band. It's a big inspiration for us and uh, Suza Sans and, and do our whole heavy genre. I, I know you don't really, maybe not know a lot of bands that, that we tour with, but a lot of bands talk about you guys in 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 my genre. Yeah. And and and, and you're very aware of my genre, how over the top heavy and crazy <laughs> it is. We a lot a lot of the bands love you guys, dude. That's too cool. Man. It's it's fucking cool. That's really cool. Because you guys got the torch in your hand already, you know. Oh man! I mean, it's vicious. I look at it and I'm like, "We fucking stole it from you, dude." Bullshit! Bullshit! <laughs> I'm like, I, I wish I could steal it back. I got the stamina to do it. Well, dude, I will be. My my life goal is for a band to steal it from me. I mean, I mean, isn't that they what we're doing? Attempt to. Well, I, you're also my first guest to be on a tour. And take the time out, out of your day and, and come out, dude. I, I really, I am definitely uh, in debt to you, man. So dude, cool, man. So you, fucking man. cool, man. I'll do it again next time we're through. Woo! Part two. That's right. All right, everyone. Until next time, uh, where can people find you? Uh, the Morgan 7D is on most of it. Twitter cool. and uh, I don't look at the Twitter very much. Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Alien Freakware is the cool. merch company, you know, with all the... Yeah. With the guy, at a boy, you know, a Sick. little weird dude. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Also, uh, Seven Dust on Instagram. Also, this will be this will come out right when the second leg of the Animosity tour starts. Yeah, that is a fun leg. Yeah, it's so cool. Might have to fly you out there to hang out with me for a few days. Yeah, I, I honestly thought about that. It's so so crazy. We'll, we'll work it out. So check out the uh, tour uh, happening right now. And so everyone, thank you for watching, listening. Until next time, later.